Hi, I'm Troy. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Bada Boom Podcast. Uh, today, we have our very first guest. We have our friend Maurice. What's up, Maurice? Hi, guys. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Man. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we're excited to have you. We're going to be talking about the last or the first four episodes of Boba Fett today. Uh, and you just got back from Star Wars, uh, seeing Star Wars in Disney World. How was that, man? Yes, it was amazing. Uh, I went to Star Wars. I was lucky enough to go to Star Wars for New Year's at Disney World uh, during their 50th anniversary, of course. And it, it was it was fantastic. It was fully immersive. I got to go on both um, Smuggler's Run and the Rise of the Resistance. We also got, you know, barely was able to do it, but we got into the Olga's Cantina, built the lightsaber, built the astromech. It was a great time. What color did you make your lightsaber? I ended up going with a green kyber crystal. Oh, um, okay. Uh, I thought you did yeah. yellow for some reason. Yeah. No, I went with green. And I, I know you and I, we had a brief conversation once about uh, what lightsaber color crystal we would go with. And I think it really matched both of our personalities. Um, I said green because I wanted to be like somebody that was like out in the action and, and, and you know, along with the team and stormtroopers or whatever, you know, out in the in space. And I remember you saying you wanted to do blue because you wanted to be more connected with the force and the wisdom and, and the uh, the mysticism of it all. Yo, you say that now, but like, I honestly thought you were going to say that I picked green and I'm thinking in my head, yeah, I would pick green. I like getting stuff done. I don't like meditating and like chilling <laughs> out too much. I like, I like chilling out when I'm tired. But like, I want to go get stuff done. And I was like, yeah, that's a green, that's a green kyber crystal. Uh, Chris, I I don't think I've ever asked you this question. And I know you have lightsaber tattoos on your wrists. What color of uh, lightsaber would yours be? I would have to go purple. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah, I'd, I'd go uh, Mace Window style on that. I mean, because uh, to, to be quite honest, like a lightsaber, if you had one, is just badass. So I don't really think about like the, oh, what would this like, you know, tell me about my personality. It's like Mace is the only one with that. And uh, I just remember the Clone Wars cartoon when, when I was a kid, when he, you know, he destroyed all those droids. <laughs> I just think about that and how he almost, you know, killed Palpatine. So I'm like, yeah, if I had a purple lightsaber, I'd be as badass as Mace Windu. So purple for me. Dude, that's Absolutely. A, that's a solid choice right there. Well, dude, I think with our lightsaber choices in hand, uh, let's dive into some Boba Fett. Uh I know we talked about the first episode in one of our previous podcasts. If, if you want to hear a little bit more detail, you know, definitely jump back and see what Chris and I have to say about that. But what's been kind of going on in the last uh, two, three, four episodes of Boba Fett? Uh, not much. <laughs> what's, what's kind of like, uh, you know, the the setup of the season's kind of been like, all right, you know, Boba Fett has, you know, staked his claim to kind of be the king of the underworld. And you know what that means? That creates a, a power vacuum where there'd probably be war amongst people. And if we're being quite honest, we're in the same exact spot we were in the beginning of the season where it's like, hey, war is coming. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what's been going on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's got a couple more recruits because he's got, he's, his team has grown a little bit. And we got some flashbacks to where I feel like we're pretty caught up with uh you know where he was when we saw him in the mandalorian 
and that means there's no more hopefully no more big arrow vibes but we'll see we'll see what happens the last three episodes that's what i thought at the end of certain seasons of arrow and figured <laughs> yeah. out ways to add more flashbacks you know it's not like they showed us every day of those five years <laughs> it's like you know they did little jumps here and there so they're you know as soon as they're ready to retcon something which you know they've kind of done you know several times there'll be a day where it's like oh man let me get back into that back of the tank and you know reminisce about this time i did i met this person or something like that yeah that could happen i mean we'll see i i I don't believe we'll have a second season of, of Book of Boba Fett. Maybe he'll make some cameos and some other series and stuff after this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been growing his team. We've been getting filled in on the flashbacks. He's kind of been trying to be more of a, a keeper of the peace, I'd say, uh, settling some disputes to where both sides get a little bit of what they want, uh, you know, trying to really get that respect uh some people might eventually put some respect on his name when they say boba fett uh so yeah you know i feel like that's a pretty good like a very general summary uh which is good because we haven't thrown up a lot of spoiler alerts so far uh and normally chris is really good about that and i just dive right in so i'm glad i caught it this time (laughs) uh What's been standing out for you with it, Maurice? Because I know you waited. You were waiting to watch a lot of them all at one time. What's been kind of standing out for you the first four episodes? Uh, what have you liked? What have you not liked? What do you feel like maybe has been like the most genuine kind of like Star Wars vibe from it so far? I, I just want to say, like, I, I like the series. I like a lot of th- tone and aspects of about it. I love the fact that Jon Favreau is like the connecting thread between all of them. Um, I know he's written most of the series. I don't think he directed any of the episodes this time, but um, the fact that they have that same consistent producer, writer, creator across the Mandalorian and across this uh, series is great. It, it provides that consistency. Um, I really, I love the main actor, Timur Morrison, and his portrayal of Boba Fett. I, I think it's amazing. Uh, I think Ming Ming-Na Wen as Finnet Shand has been absolutely great. My only like. I guess, qualm about the series is I'm not really sure where it wants to go or what the purpose of, of this story is. Like, I know we all wanted Boba Fett back and I'm, and I'm happy to see it and really have his character fleshed out in this live action form. But um, at the end of the second episode, I felt like I knew where it was going. And then the third episode kind of changed the tone with the, the, the mod biker gang. And then uh, this episode kind of changed it again. So I'm trying to figure out, like, now that we're, like, halfway through this season, and then with a lot of people saying that this is the only season that Boba Fett's going to have, where the show's going to go and, like, what is the actual purpose of it? I, I guess it's supposed to be about, in, in its own way, he's trying to make his own family. But I feel like that was also discovered, or, or, or we've already been through that when it came to the Clone Wars. So I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is that they want to do with Boba Fett. The purpose is money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like what if, Boba, what if Boba Fett just like dies? Right. <laughs> At the end of this series, it's like, yo, that's definitely a power money move. You knew we'd buy into this. He just died. Like, what's what's the like I agree, like I don't know what the connection thread is, but I also you and I had a conversation about this the other day too. Like there's 30 years between 
uh, episode six and episode seven, Force Awakens, like there's 30 years in between yeah. this, and maybe we're only like five, six years after uh, Return of the Jedi. I, I don't know exactly what that timeline kind of looks looks like, but we're definitely in that 30 year period. So you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot more that could happen, and you know maybe there'll be a big bombshell off a series finale and or something, but. I don't we we gotta wait and see really. So yeah. that being said, um what would you want to happen, Chris, Maurice, you know, like what would you want to happen to like really make this season end on a, a good note? I just want, you know, it kind of to kind of push forward. You know, I I, I feel like, you know, like Maurice, I feel like there there have been like a couple tonal shifts in these last couple episodes where it, it can feel very fun and you know, almost like kid-like, and then it gets very serious and almost like, you know, like fan service where, like, some of the badass scenes and stuff. Um, but it does feel like they only made this series because they're like, hey, we kind of have to wait to make The Mandalorian Season 3. So here's, like, a little bit of a, a plug between those seasons. Because it feels like, you know, like, we're in the same spot when they showed that tag at the end of the Mandalorian season two, where he's on the throne and you're like, Oh, war is probably going to be coming. And like, we're four episodes in and it's like, have we really moved forward? You know? <laughs> um, and it's, it's cool to kind of see him gather um, the band and stuff like that to see like what kind of allies uh, he brings about. But, you know, talking about this episode specifically, and you know, I know we're talking about what we want to see it, I don't want to see more like this kind of episode <laughs> where it, it feels like they're going backwards. Like I only needed to see the Sarlacc pit when he got out of it. I didn't need him to go yeah. back and then kill the Sarlacc, you know, and not even in a cool way with just like a bomb. And after I watched it, it took me a minute to kind of realize it's like, wait, why would he think that happened? He, he definitely got out of the pit with the armor and then right. was robbed. I thought that did too. He not rem- did he I had not the same thoughts? That? <laughs> he, like he's remembering everything in this, you know, uh, in these flashbacks and stuff, like uh, every little detail. <laughs> but he couldn't remember that. Hey, you know, when the the sand, you know, the sand people kind of took you in and all that, like you were robbed. It <laughs> it wasn't at that Sarlacc pit. Yeah, I I remember that, and I was just thinking, like, okay, maybe he was so out of it, and he doesn't remember that, or you know it's a you can say it's a writing technique or whatever you want to say but it's possible he just doesn't remember it uh no but like (laughs) like no he definitely knew it like and you know like this the show i felt like the purpose of it because of how badass he was in the mandalorian was kind of to to redeem the character in live action where it's like Mm -hmm. hey you know he kind of like he did the equivalent of like slipping on a banana peel and dying, you know, <laughs> when he fell into that Sarlacc pit. So like you felt like this would be like, oh, like this is how we're going to redeem him. And then he does something stupid like that where he doesn't remember where, you know, what happened to his armor. And then on top of that, he's like, he goes to that bar, you know, um, and crashed in the, um, I'm butchering his name, the, you know, the new Wookiee that we see in the series. You know, he's like, oh, he's really talented. Maybe I should hire him. It's like, wait, why didn't you do that the last episode when you literally had him in chains? And he probably would have been like, oh, wait, you spared me. Like, yeah, let's do this. 
Okay, I thought about that too, and my thought process was, you know, he wanted to really give the I can't remember the Wookiee's name either. He really wanted to give him the power of choice. I know his name, I just can't pronounce it. Like it's a hard word. Uh Black Kirsanton. Yeah, Yeah. that's what it is. Look at Maurice coming in. No one ever (laughs) how to pronounce everything. Black Kirsanton. He earned that lightsaber he got. uh i feel like he had to give him a choice and like once he realized like okay there isn't much of a place for me on this planet it's like boom my loyalty is a hundred percent to boba fett if he hadn't really given him that much of a choice you know there would have probably been a little bit of resistance there between him and boba fett black or but again but again it contradicts the show itself because like fennec has basically been there this whole time because he saved her and was like basically like hey you know, until you pay your debt, you kind of got to, like, help me out and do, and do this. Yeah, eventually she, she warmed up to him and stuff like right. that. But their relate the start of their relationship was like, hey, I saved you. I need you to help me do something. And that, sh- I felt like that should have been the start of their, um, you know, Black Cranston's relationship with um, Boba Fett. Because you're like, hey, this this is literally kind of like the same situation. And instead, we waste time, like a whole nother episode of flashbacks of things that, honestly, I I felt like I knew. Like, I knew he took her to a place to get help, you know, save her and stuff like that. I didn't know and didn't need to know he went back to the Sarlacc pit to kind of, like, drop a bomb in there and stuff like that. But it it felt like, you know, the people... A lot of people gave the show like a lot of heat for episode three with you know the race on those mopeds and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I was like, that's okay. And then I watched this episode and I was like, oh, I I, I kind of see where people are going with this. And not that I hate the show because like with Star Wars, you know, like if as long as it's Star Wars, I'm I'm gonna watch it and more than likely enjoy it. Um, but there are a lot of like gaping holes in logic in this series and. I think the beauty of the Mandalorian was that it was very simple and it was hard to kind of find those holes because it's very basic. Hey, you know, loner comes into town, does a task, gets rewarded next episode. Whereas with this, it's kind of like, it has the weight of the previous movies. It's a character that people revere. It's, trying to like connect i presumably connect more shows and create more spinoffs and stuff like that and in that it's complicated things and and made the show seem kind of like stupid in a lot of ways i think maybe if they had introduced his goal earlier in this season like from the beginning like okay so he wants to kind of find a place where bounty hunters can belong and where he can establish order so that people he cares about isn't getting hurt it, like I, I don't understand why it would take half the entire season to get to that point to make that statement, and then, I mean, sure, like the Pikes are are great, but they're not even like I could care less about the Pikes at this point because they've barely had much of an impact on the show. Like I want to see more of Black Kirsten. I actually want to see more of Jennifer Beals as Garza Flip and figure out what 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 she's all about. Um, but I don't know, like I. There's a lot of different options I felt like they could have taken with Boba Fett if they wanted to revisit this. Heck, I would have even enjoyed watching this season just be about him um, killing uh, Bib Fortuna and taking over the palace, like, and how he tried to, how he had to build himself back up to do that after surviving the Sarlacc pit. Um, 
but they they jump past all of that so they can put it in flashbacks. And Bib Fortuna in the original um, old stories or whatever, Bib Fortuna actually did a lot when he took over for Java, and he wanted to be like the supreme ruler of like all of like that whole area, most Espa, and, and it spread out to most Isley and did all these things to manipulate people. And then his own people turned on him. If, if I remember correctly, turned on him, killed him. Um, and then, you know, that spider sentinel that they saw walking around the sands and the dunes for a while. Yeah. It doesn't have like, it's a, like a lot of poison or something in the little glass thing. Right. Yeah. What they basically did is they took, instead of killing him, they preserved his brain and they put him into one of those machines. And he's like doomed to like walk around the sands for like the rest of his life until he can find another body to transfer himself into. Wow. See, okay. I, I think you kind of pointed out what I, you open the, open the door and I'm going to walk through it a little bit. Uh, I feel like they had two options of, you know, we could do a really cool crime, uh, a little dark crime series, or we could do a kind of a, fun kind of family friendly kind of anti-hero story and they kind of just cut it down the middle and said we'll yeah. do a little bit of both because the whole crime syndicate uh stuff that they were doing with like the mayor and like when he gets uh ambushed and that attempted assassination i was like okay if, if the show's like this then it's a little dark and kind of got some good mafia vibes i think it's gonna be great but you know I, the last couple episodes of building the crew, uh, we've definitely leaned further away from we're going to do a cool crime uh, Lord kind of story. It's definitely more of that. Yeah, I'm all about the family kind of thing. Yeah. Which it's, also makes no sense because the family are never in the episodes except Boba Fett and Fennec Shad. So it's just really them two going place to place. And you're like, well, they're adding all these people to their crew, but it's like, are they really useful? Because they're never really around. Right. Uh, and, you know, whereas, like, in The Mandalorian, when, you know, he was adding people to kind of, like, his Rolodex and stuff, they were on different planets, you know? So it made mm -hmm. sense that, like, hey, we might not see each other right now, but maybe when, at the end of the season, we'll all kind of, like, soaker back together when we have that final big mission. And this series, like, and it's kind of like the problem with, you know, Star Wars at large sometimes. It's like, hey, the galaxy's really big. Do we really all have to be on Tatooine? Um, yeah. And yeah. The show, it's like, hey, yes, I get you're trying to, like, give more of a geographical sense of what this place is and how big it is and all that. But it's like, hey, if the a crime lord is going to, you know, Boba Fett, which he is now, it's like, shouldn't his, you know, his biker gang be with him shouldn't be the other people he's kind of like brought in come with him and not just fennec even though fennec it this show has made me realize like hey it should probably be the fennec show because she's the one kicking all the ass and she's <laughs> yeah. the only one that kind of makes sense in the series is like hey you know she has a really good sense of like what to do and make sense whereas like the other characters in the show they make decisions where you're like that makes no sense yeah, I don't think the show can really be all about the family. It's definitely not Fast and Furious with that uh, <laughs> with that car chase, that that moped chase. I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, she's also probably my favorite character too. Uh, even though we know it's about Boba, 
I think we really got to wait and kind of see what these last couple episodes are about. And I, I don't want there to be like all this build up and then they're like, okay, so there's no war or okay. There's a war for season two. I just want it to be like, what, what, let's, let's close this chapter. And if we're going to start something new, let's do that. Or if we're going to see them in other places, cool. Allude to that in some way, but you know, don't leave this season on a cliffhanger for sure. Yeah. Um, but kind of like, even though we lost our way and like, you know, I, I said I wouldn't spend 20 minutes about it, but, you know, I was complaining all this whole episode. <laughs> but, you know, Maurice, you sound like really knowledgeable, like obviously like you're really passionate about stories to kind of like bring it back. Like, is there something that you really want to see that or like a theory you have of what you think is going to happen at the end of the season? Based on what we've seen in the show so far, I think it's going to be a very, very <laughs> predictable ending where it's like, okay, so we come to this battle in like episode uh, six, has this climactic event, they win the battle, whatever. And then episode seven, you, you see that he's fully established as the daimyo and he has all these people around you. And it, it'll literally close the show and transition out with him sitting on the throne and the entire crew behind him. Kind of like a uh, kind of like the end of The Last Jedi and the end of um, one of the other movies where they just cut the scene with like a panorama of all these characters. I really don't think it's, I can't see, what I, what I hope is that instead they find some way to maybe tie in another character that we can hope to see in either The Mandalorian season three or some other project down the line. Whether or not it's like somehow Ezra Miller makes it back to Tatooine by himself. Because um, as we know, like, well, I don't know, have you seen Star Wars Rebels? Yes. Perfect. So, like, we don't know what happened to Ezra Miller. If he's somehow, like, an older person and he's somehow at Tatooine and somehow they run into each other and we can start to wonder and guess whatever happened to him and that feeds into the Mandalorian or some other spinoff series or, or to the Ahsoka series, which we know is already in production. Um, that would be amazing somehow, but I, I don't, I, I can't see a, any, an impactful ending to the show otherwise. All right. Well, let, let me feed off your idea real quick. Uh, and then I want to get Chris's thoughts on it too, but uh, if we are going to end it with, you know, him being on the throne, uh, I think it would be cool to kind of see the Mandalorian pop back up and say, I'm here on a job. And he's like, oh, I'm the crime lord. And he kind of just gives him whatever he wants or whatever he needs to make it to the next thing. Because uh, we ended the Mandalorian with him saying goodbye to Grogu. And, you know, there's still bounty hunter stuff out there for him to do. So we could do that or... I haven't seen Star Wars Rebel, so uh, this this could be something that like is related to that, and I just need to watch it so I feel like, oh yeah, that could or couldn't happen. But you know, in uh, Force Awakens, we're out here on Jakku. Like, let's like Jakku seems very similar to to Mos Eisley's. Is there no something? more sand planets? No <laughs> more sand planets. Are, are, are we gonna are we gonna encounter a character that's searching for a place to drop Ray, and we we encounter them in the last episode, or are we gonna encounter someone that is 
you know, they're like, oh, yeah, this would be a good spot to drop Ray. And then they're like, oh, but we got Boba Fett here. We can't do that. And you see them fly off or something. So then it kind of ties it back into the, you know, the bigger picture. Uh, so I don't know. Because what I like, let's say, I think Ray is maybe 1820 and force awakens and that mm-hmm. movie takes so she's probably like 10 years old now or something so if we see a little ray pop up somewhere it would make sense but i agree we got to connect to the overall stories but or even uh, if somehow like her parents like they had to hire boba's people for protection or something like that because they're trying to run away from what's left of the of the emperor even though he's you know dismembered you're gonna hire boba fett's people when you know how good the mandalorian is with kids <laughs> like that that's the tie-in i want to see maybe the mandalorian's got like hey i got ray but i need to place the sasher and he's like yeah i wouldn't be on uh on uh most Eisley, but i know this other place jaku so we'll see what 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 you got in mind chris what do you want to see happen if anything was possible um, you know, now that Maurice brought up uh, Ezra Miller, like it's it'd be funny if it would honestly people would like probably like, you know, break their TVs. But you know, if he was one of the the cyberpunk bikers, he just yeah. at the end of the season, you know, Boba's like about to get killed again. You know, someone pulls him out of the back to tank, and then one of the cyberpunks just bring out a lightsaber, and you're like, what? <laughs> you had this here all this whole time. And then that's when his series starts and he just starts having flashbacks of just, you know, you know, waking up on Tatooine and, you know, getting these modifications and stuff. I think that's how you lead into that series. Uh, But on a serious note, um, being that this is kind of obviously like tying into the underworld of Star Wars, like um, it will be cool to see them kind of pick up some of the pieces um, that like the Han Solo movie set up. You know, I, I love that Solo movie and it'll be cool to see. Uh, Kira or some type of you know some type of tie to kind of like Maul's connection to it obviously by this point in the Star Wars timeline Maul should be dead but it'd be cool to see some like mention um, obviously they did mention Dathomir um, so there's some mm-hmm. cool like little like easter eggs there here and there um, but that's probably where I see it going um, but also like it's funny that Maurice brought up like kind of like the way he sees it ending because that that's kind of how I feel too it's just um it feels like this was put together very quickly to be like okay we know we have a hit with Boba Fett um but this is kind of like low-hanging fruit what can we write in two weeks that we can immediately shoot after the Mandalorian put together in the middle where it doesn't disrupt the stories we want to tell in the Mandalorian or any of the bigger stories we possibly want to tell in like Ahsoka or any of those other bigger um, projects. And this is where, where I feel it is. And what sucks is like, you know, yes, you kind of want like the MCU type connections and stuff, but the drawback of that is that you get a lot of things that are very safe. And even though some exciting things are happening in the series, if you think about it, they end kind of in the same spot they started. Um, and that's what a lot of like certain Marvel, like certain Marvel projects have felt like. And I, I feel I already, you know, get that sense with Boba Fett. We're only two series into the, the, you know, the start of this universe. And it already feels like, oh, my God, this is going to be like exactly the same. 
I 100% agree with you. It's like Disney does do that fine line where they're trying to give you something to watch to kind of get those those extra dollars while you're waiting for the big tasty franchise movie or, or the thing that you want to see. And they want to hint at something, but then they want to tie it up with a nice red ribbon so that you don't think that it actually impacts the, the larger story, which is crazy because it's like, you know, perfect example not to go off topic too much, but um, the Scarlet Witches show uh, with the vision. And that was a, a multiversal type of like multi-reality threat, but they contained it, quote unquote, to Westview. And so it doesn't really impact the rest of the MCU. And I don't know, like, it's fun. It, I get it. And you, you, you want to keep your multiversal timelines neat, which is great. They're amazing at that. But I want to be surprised at the same time. Yeah, and to to kind of add on that, it's like even the big things that happen in that show could have been explained in one line of dialogue. And the thing that you thought was big, which was the introduction of, you know, the X-Men, you know, having um, Evan Peters Quicksilver be in it is immediately kind of like a race at the end of the episode. Oh, it's Ralph Bonin. And that's what it feels like where like we're going with Boba Fett, where it's like, hey, yes, he's the king of the underworld. Um, and this is going to be a big series and stuff like that. But at the end of it, he's going to be in that same throne, <laughs> the the, state, the exact same setup that happened at the end of the, the series previously. The only thing is, is you're going to get a couple more people that you never saw in live action in the, the Star Wars universe now. But in terms of the lar- like the larger story, nothing has really changed. Right. All right, you say that, but and I'm only bringing this up because I I just rewatched a part of WandaVision the other day. But the Vision is still out there. No yeah. one's seen or heard of the the white human-made android of the Vision and but he's got a, he's been pretty much restored to be the version of Vision we know. So hopefully there'll be some sort of Vision like character and boba fett that will tie back into the mandalorian or something else or maybe the mandalorian will be the vision of the boba fett series oh i I, we got three more episodes to find out but uh the vision does keep me awake at night so what's star wars gonna do to keep me awake at night yeah white vision was pretty creepy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah you know they they do a good job and i think that's what they do they they kind of feed you one thing or the other and i think um, Black Cranston is um, an example. Like, hey, here, here's a character that was in the comics that was cool and stuff like that. Here's something that makes you excited and forget. And what I think probably, you know, thinking about it, and I had this thought before, is that sometimes, and this is not just a Star Wars thing. This is just, you know, the like the, the state of like geekdom we live in right now. It's like, what a time to be alive. But also, they kind of like know what to do to blindness. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like Rogue One, like, I didn't really like that movie. And then at the end, you know, you have that moment where, you know, Darth Vader kills everyone in that hallway. And you're like, Mm -hmm. wow, this is a great movie. And then you forget (laughs) everything that happened to lead to there. And you're like, wait, nothing really happened in this movie. (laughs) And that's what I feel like is going to happen with Boba Fett, where you have all these like this 
kind of like story that kind of goes in circles and stuff and then there'll be like one moment one post-credit scene or one character that's revealed and immediately you forget what it took to get here and the mediocrity that that was a series and hey, i think but... a lot of these things do that where it's like wait you just jedi mind tricked me into liking this <laughs> i mean is is that not actual life though there's just a whole bunch of mediocrity and then there's like wow that detail is really cool and then at least is something else no but like the mandalorian was a really good show like it was simple yeah it, it did its job like every episode was self-contained whereas this show like it's all a part of a larger narrative of him you know becoming this crime lord so like every episode should lead to that and it doesn't it's like hey he's in the exact exact same spot he's doing these flashbacks um and that's why i think like the there was you know power in the simplicity of the mandalorian i think they knew like hey if we overcomplicate things that's how we trip over ourselves yeah. uh, and with this it's they're overcomplicating it they're like hey like we have to show this we have to show that it's like hey the beauty of boba fett is like for so long, no one knew what he looked like. Barely even talked. So, so the fact that, like, yes, we know what he looks like now because he's a clone and stuff. But, um, and obviously, when you do these stories, you have to give a little bit more and a little bit more. But you know, did we really need to be at the Sarlacc pit twice in one season? You know, what right. I mean? like I would have loved to see us the Sarlacc pit again if he was just like throwing someone in there or like you know what i mean like like as payback or or maybe the end of the season that's where the final battle is or something like that but for you know him to kind of end that with like dropping a bomb in there and it's like oh well you know now you killed a bunch of stories just for you know him forgetting that he got robbed yeah yeah well we'll, we'll hopefully wrap it up uh in a nice little bow disney's got that storytelling ability and hopefully on the season review of uh boba fett it won't be uh well we won't be having the same thoughts we're having now hopefully uh, yeah do you mind if i ask you both somewhere. a question <laughs> yeah yeah throw it out there yeah. man just something that like occurred to me while we were watching the uh series with his different flashes when he's dreaming and everything why do you think he keeps seeing his time as a kid on camino when his father leaves like, I, I know what it means for him as a character, but do you think there's actually going to be any kind of payment for our investment of watching that again in the series? Um, For me, I think, like, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they bring in, you know, some clones. Like, it's... That would be something where I wouldn't be surprised because of, one, those flashbacks, and then, two, him putting together this team... Um, and some of the characters in Clone Wars have appeared in live action now through mm -hmm. Mandalorian and stuff like that. So, um, but, you know, also I know this, this series is kind of like a little all over the place. So, and, you know, I would love to believe that like, hey, that is a, that is teasing something that to come. But also I'm like, it could really mean nothing like the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've got some deep theories I just thought of in this moment since you asked that question. So here we go. Uh, as I said, I'm going to make a call back to our first episode review. Maybe he uh, wants to have a kid. You know, he's building this crew. He's got this kind of family and he wants to have a kid. And, you know, he thinks back to why not just make a small clone of myself? And he goes back there and makes that has himself a little kid. 
but I remember in Force Awakens when they say we had to start taking volunteers or they had to start kidnapping kids and stuff. And since, you know, he is the kind of he's he's not the closest to the original, but, you know, he had like the he didn't have any of the growth enhancements or anything like that. You know, maybe he uh, goes back and he finds a way to where he's able to uh, take out almost anybody that has a similar genetic marker to him uh, with using some sort of ray or some sort of detector. And he starts hunting down clones or he takes out all the clones and that's why when kylo ren comes into power he's like yeah i gotta get recruits and i gotta uh get volunteers because all the clones are if they're all based off boba fett and they they're not doing anything anymore so you know maybe there's some something like that happening while you were saying that i just remembered in the mandalorian they do kind of suggests that cloning is still a thing they do. <laughs> just because they do. of like um you know that's why grogu is so important you know they're trying to get samples and we never know what that plan is and now that you know i'm glad the three of us are here because now as we're all talking i'm like wait a minute that happened didn't it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so they they do reference it a lot so that would be like an interesting payoff for both series or possibly maybe we see it pay off in the mandalorian being that that was kind of like a thread throughout those two seasons well and they do say in the mandalorian um i can't remember her name but she's like the princess of of mandalore uh, yeah yeah um she tells boba fett i've heard your voice um a hundred millions of times and she sounds like she's got a i mean who doesn't have a vengeance against stormtroopers at this point in this galaxy so you know there, there's definitely a hate for it and you know this could be something he tries to decide to be a redeeming factor for uh his father and for himself but what, what are your thoughts uh maurice on our theory so far i i really like both of your thoughts i i really like the idea that like at some point during this season, the possibility of Boba being like, okay, now that I've established this and I, I have my position, it would be great if I could pass on my legacy to someone the way my father did for me. Um, and I think that's a really good story. Like that could be a completion of a story arc for Boba Fett. I also like the idea that, you know, to what Chris said, that cloning is still a thing in, in the universe. And like, we know it from the Mandalorian. We also know it from the end of the movie franchise with, uh, the rise of Skywalker with Palpatine and everything. So what if, what if for something something happens and like, and this is unfortunate that we have to wait until like season three of The Mandalorian. But what if something happens to like Grogu? He gets kidnapped or something, and they find out that he's in one of those cloning labs, and then, um, I forget his actual name, but the Mandalorian actually has to partner with Boba Fett to tell him, like, hey, this is what's happening. You know all about this facility and what they're doing. Can you help us save uh, Grogu? And then then he shows up in some random episode with his entire team, uh, Finnick Shan, Black Kirsten Santon, and all that stuff, and they just, like, kick ass and save the day. Like, I feel like that could be rewarding. Um, to do a whole season just to do that seems a little bit like a waste but uh, well you you 
it did just remind me of something as you're saying this and i wanted to bring it up earlier but i just totally spaced on it we end this last episode with fennec saying you can buy a lot of muscle if you know where to look like they're almost going to go get more clones of boba fett to be the soldiers <laughs> and then boom he's already got his in to the cloning uh world to say yeah i'd like to get purchase more of myself and then he sneaks the mandalorian in so you know it could all tie together like that uh just with that one line of the last episode we saw we're just gonna stitch it together right now but who knows we'll see in the next three episodes and uh hopefully when the season three of the mandalorian comes out we get some really cool throwbacks like the cloning labs and stuff like that yeah and there'll be a clearer picture hopefully of what's to come um i think the series right now has blurred that picture whereas before it kind of felt like oh like with just knowing what's coming and stuff in terms of the series you're like oh i could kind of piece together where they might be going but this mm-hmm. series you're like oh they kind of haven't gone anywhere so it's like <laughs> i thought they were leading to this but um hopefully you know we get a big reveal in the next couple episodes that kind of makes that um that picture more clear as to what we're leading to um and i'm like despite my problems with the series I, as i said i'm i'm all bought in and I, I hope they're able to turn it around. And even if they're not able to turn it around, give me something to be excited about. Yeah. But for now, uh, from, uh, just a reminder, you know, rate our podcast wherever you listen. Uh, share your thoughts. If you like some of our theories, uh, let us know which one of them stand out to you. What resonated with you the most from what we're all hoping to see uh, in the next couple of episodes of the of both that almost said the mandalorian because i'm so excited to get season three <laughs> uh but with that bada boom bada boom bada boom <laughs>